0: So, what happens when you lose your voice and still have to teach the next day? On this episode, we have two special guests joining us to talk about one way for teachers to smile more and talk less. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are teaching tomorrow. Uh, Eric, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you on here finally.
1: It's great to be here.
0: <laughs> we were well. I'm going to tell the backstory. You've okay. been wanting to get on the podcast for a while.
1: I'm a glutton for <laughs> uh, for fame and fortune.
0: <laughs> I am sorry, you're not going to find that here on this oh, podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, you came up to me a couple of times and said, um, "I mean, this podcast is still a baby, so we're still like in its infancy." But you said, "Hey, I've got this idea." Um, what about this for a podcast? And you've done this twice to me, which has been amazing, and they've both been amazing ideas, but they didn't quite work. Or I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third time was a charm. So tell us uh, what we're going to be listening to today.
1: I feel very fortunate to uh, to have a guest speaker today who is coming uh, from the, the States, our, our neighbors to the South, and he's part of kind of an international um, movement called SOUL and it just stands for Self-Organized Learning Environments. And what he has done is taken this very simple concept, it's not rocket science, it's basically asking kids questions, getting them to organize themselves in groups and then giving them a chance to present, but all in one period. So I've always seen it as short bursts of inquiry rather than the, longer PBL format which you know can take a lot of planning wouldn't it be great for teachers to try something like this to to get the kids to work these inquiry muscles out ahead of time so they're used to this type of environment before they then go into larger design thinking or PBL so um, the StartSoul app and, and website StartSoul.org is what attracted me to this process because they've produced something that is uh, very user-friendly It gives the teacher a lesson plan. You'll hear Jeff talk a lot about this. Um, And I just found it very uh, inspiring Mm -hmm. as a teacher. And it really helped me out in my practice at a time when I really needed some help.
0: Well, you'll talk a little bit about that in the interview, which Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into in a moment. But I just wanted to say that uh, one of the things that I so love about you is that you're willing to do the interview. So you had come to me with this idea of like, oh, I've got this friend that's coming in. You should interview him. And I actually threw it back to you and I said, why don't you do the interview? Like, you know him better than I do. You have an amazing voice for radio. You would totally crush At that At which
1: interview. point, the, hum, the humble person should have said, no, Celeste, it's your show.
0: It's not, though. I mean, this is just like the <laughs> thing that I thought, hey, I want to start a podcast. But one of the things that somebody who mentored me really early on in the project said, you need to bring other people into mm-hmm. the project. And... I I mean, number one, that's hard for me to do in general, like bring other people into something I'm doing, but you're the perfect person to interview this expert, and I love that you actually were game for that. So, uh, you know, for me as somebody who's the dominant voice on this podcast, I would love to get more people.
1: Well, we're talking about networking, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously we met through Cohort 21, and then I've met Jeff McClellan from Seoul on line on twitter to the point where he came up to canada and so this is a growing network and i think what you're alluding to is the fact that the podcast should also represent yeah in a way that growing network
0: it should be a growing network so i just want to throw it out there to people who are listening i've Already started asking a few people who have been on the show who've said, oh, I've got a really great friend. You should interview them. I'm starting to ask more people to do those Mm -hmm. interviews. Kind of like This American Life, where it's not just Ira Glass. It's
1: exactly like... I am
0: exactly like Ira Glass. It's this Canadian life. Yeah, this Canadian teacher life. This Canadian teacher life. This teacher life. Oh, done. Stamp seed. Ira Glass can't take it now. Um, So this is all to say, this is a new kind of thing that we're trying on the podcast, um... It's exciting. I'm really into it. You have a great interviewing style. It's a wonderful conversation, and uh, I'm looking forward to more collabs with you in the future. Thank
1: you. I'm just as excited. Enjoy your commute.
0: Can we try to say we are teaching tomorrow together?
1: I think we should.
0: (laughs) Okay. We We are are teaching teaching tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes! That was really good.
1: Welcome to Teaching Tomorrow, uh, my name is Eric Daigle, and I am a teacher, educator in, uh, in Ontario, um, in the private sector. And my special guest here today uh, is from America, and it's, we're um, really blessed to have him up visiting Canada and here at the Cohort 21, our fourth face-to-face this year. His name is Jeff McClellan, and he's the founder and CEO of Start Soul, and it's a dot org company but i'm not going to speak for him he's going to uh, introduce himself and why did you come to canada jeff
2: thanks for having me here today eric i'm really uh excited to be talking to you about this and your question why did i come to canada today i mean you're the reason <laughs> i came to canada uh, you know we were just uh really getting going with with Seoul and watching kind of we have this approach where uh we're not like pushing it at anybody. We kind of have this approach where um, we've launched an app and we've launched a website that's free to anybody who wants to use it. And we're kind of really interested in like who, um, who moves in that direction. And, um, you know, we reached out to you on soul or on Twitter because we found some of the things that you were involved in pretty interesting and, and potentially related, and then we just watched. And, um, you know, the way that you've used soul in your classroom and the way that you've uh, connected soul to some of the underlying uh, challenges that teachers in the area here face is really kind of interesting.
1: So innovation crosses boundaries. (laughs) It's what you're saying. We probably should unpack what a soul is. And um, just for the listeners, um, why is this something that they absolutely need to try at least once in their classroom?
2: Um, I, think, I think in order to explain uh, what Start Soul is, i got to kind of take you backwards a little bit and yeah. give you my experiences as an educator. I started as a, as a science teacher in a high school in Ohio. And um, when I started, I was very traditional in terms of my approach to how I was going to lead the classroom. I was going to stand in front of that room. I was going to give the students everything they needed. I was going to test them. I was going to give them quizzes. And they were going to learn because I was going to make them learn. <laughs> and, and I was really bad. I was bad, the the kids weren't responding, and so I went through this, I I, I guess this kind of this personal awakening where at first I was blaming the kids. It was like their fault they weren't learning, it's their fault they're late to class, you know, and I just started, but then when I started to really kind of like um, take a step back and look at it, you know, I, I realized there's things that other teachers in this building are doing that are working with the same kids that I have, and they're getting a lot better results, and so how do I like, change my approach in order to try to meet the students needs better and and that led me to some you know I really wasn't calling it project-based learning at the time I mean we had a fish tank in the classroom that was just uh, this dusty old fish tank and and um, you know we turned it into the focal point for how we were talking about ecosystems for like five weeks in this classroom right and um, it just it it turned a switch in my head about um, how you know, when students are engaged and they're leading their learning that they can really kind of like um, take a step. Now that was a long time ago and some of my experiences since then have been more about how do you apply those kinds of understandings at the system level both like in a high school transformation and then a high school startup and um, you know over the years I've just you know really learned that getting people to practice something you know in their classroom is really critical to getting that shift to happen so Um, you know, uh, tried some way more complicated things in terms of scaling some of the things in our school and just found that the complexities of it didn't uh, translate well when teachers didn't have the same flexibilities and freedoms that we had. So SOL is very simple. It's basically um, three steps in in one class period. Um, You start with a big question. Uh, You ask the students to uh, be in groups of around four students with Two pieces of technology, no more than two pieces per group. Uh, they get uh, about half of the class period to research the question and prepare a presentation, and then each group gets up in front of the class and presents their findings uh, to the rest of the class. And it happens all within one class period. It's super simple, uh, and a lot of people that are listening right now are probably saying, "You know, I do something like that in my classroom already." And a lot of people do. Um, I think the the opportunity here with Start Soul is to one enter a community where there's lots of good questions uh, and also like find some tools that help other aspects of that process uh, help you like make those steps easier so for example and we've been talking about uh, documenting uh, different things for um, class purposes in, in Canada and help me with the, the three right
1: I think you're referring to uh, our triangulation of assessments so observations conversations and products and I don't think there's a school out there right now that's not worrying about uh, how to record and and assess um, because we have to report on that with every one of our students so it's a big issue Um, some classes have have it easier than others perhaps if you maybe if you're a PE class and you are observing the actions that the students are doing but in other classes you sometimes feel as a teacher like you've just uh, described that you are failing at it and there's this constant feeling of being behind the eight ball or not being able to give yourself or your class time to do this assessment so when i used soul um it was in a moment of uh, absolute need because i was sick and i had lost my voice and when you lose your voice as a teacher you've lost your you know your your number one go-to <laughs> default tool so what do you do and i stumbled. Onto Seoul at that time and it was the perfect timing because i was able to take that step back i had to and to have the self-organized learning environment to have the students in a sense running uh, the class with the protocols that you've just sort of alluded to was wonderful because then i had that space to sit back do my observations record some conversations i was then able to quote back to the students well this is what i heard you saying and this is fantastic! Don't don't you realize that this is an example of critical thinking, or did you realize that you were a leader in your group, and and to see kids, you know, get that immediate feedback, that is the type of transformative teaching I've always tried to go for, but very rarely yeah. got there. So I don't know if you've had similar experiences in in your uh, travels with Soul, but I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Well. I, well, first of all, I just want to like. Uh, take a stab at identifying what you just said in terms yeah. of like a system, right? And there's a, there's this book called Switch. Uh, the Heath brothers wrote this book called Switch. And um, in the book, there's this really kind of like powerful graphic, and it's this graphic of, of a pathway. And just imagine the end of that pathway being where you're trying to get with mm-hmm. instruction or with your, you know, whatever it is. And then on that pathway, there's this elephant, this big elephant on the path. And then sitting on top of the elephant is this little man <laughs> Okay, and so you, basically you have these three ways that you can get to the end goal. In this case for me, the end goal is uh, student-centered inquiry. And, and in your case, it was like uh, the students leading the class, which you know, they're all kind of in the same. So um, at Start Soul, we're looking at those three elements of the, the, the graphic and I'm gonna to explain to you what they are now. The pathway is just where you're going. Okay, the element of the elephant is emotion. Um, and, and feelings, and then the man is logic, and so there's basically three things that you can address or attack when you're trying to get people to change or go to the end of the path. Uh, and if you think about the size of an elephant versus the size of a man, like an elephant is a lot bigger. Like you might think logic is the thing that's going to move that elephant, but the reality is if the elephant doesn't want to move, he's not going anywhere. Okay, so you have to like um, somehow address this notion of like how do I emotionally connect with something and so um, making soul a small enough experience that you can do it in a class period once you feel it once you said it like once you felt it you're like oh yeah and then you just like i don't know you started like reaching out to me you created a graphic organizer you shared it in the community you said you need to come to uh cohort 21 and you know now you're an ambassador (laughs) Uh, and that would not have happened if I would have showed you a graph that said 25% more of your students are going to be engaged at an active level than it wouldn't have. Uh, Emotion is a huge like component of it and a lot of like the the things that we try to do to impact instruction deal with logic you know it's like here read this book do this they're important and they have a little bit of an emotional trigger to them but nothing is like as emotionally engaging as actually feeling and seeing something in action so by design, SOL is simple and easy to implement and um, small bite size so that you can get that emotional feel. And then the other aspect of the pathway, uh, making things that you already have to do easier shortens the path. So if we can shorten the path to implementation by like making it easier to make these observations and document them and share them, making it easier to find a way to uh, plan a lesson or to link a specific standard to an outcome. Uh, we're making it easier for you to get to that path. And Start Soul, a lot of the tools, like there's a place to go to find really good questions aligned to standards. There's a place to go to create a really easy Soul lesson plan that uh, in five minutes of of basically like clicking and thinking and documenting, you end up with a seven page PDF lesson plan that's aligned to like the gold standard for
1: lesson plans. Well, I have to say, that's what first attracted me or attracted my attention yes. to Soul because when I I clicked on and it was very easy you know how many kids in your class how long is your lesson what's your question those are really you know very easy teacher uh, clickable things yeah. that you can do in your lunch hour right but then for immediately to check my e- my inbox and to see a lesson plan like already there uh-huh that was linked to, um, in this case, it was Common Core Standards, but we are working on uh, linking it to Ontario uh, expectations. It was just phenomenal, because I thought, okay, finally, finally, you've got the AI or the robot doing that uh, grunge work uh, to organize everything for me. And I can live in the realm of of ideas and, and, like you said before, emotion. So, if I could get back to then. Can I just, I want to just please. add the, the logic piece too. Yeah. So, the little man plays
2: a role. He, j- he just doesn't necessarily. Are you the little man? <laughs> I'm very or little. <laughs> I'm not an elephant not by an elephant. any means. No, I feel like I'm part of the pathway, maybe. Okay. I don't know. But uh, so the the logic comes in too. Like inside of the soul process, the teacher can very easily keep data on the classroom. And yeah. and so, in um, the other aspect of logic that that we need to really be, I wanna be explicit about this uh, so much so that I stopped you from your next question, but reflection is like key to this process, mm-hmm. right? And unfortunately, a lot of times when we talk about innovation, we forget to mention that a lot of innovation comes from failure, right. you know, or for, from things that don't go very well. And so like the logic part of this is it's small, you can collect your data and your evidence, and then it provides you with a way to reflect on that all inside of the like tool and it applies the same logic to the reflection that it does to the lesson plan. We're gonna make it as easy as we can for you to do the thinking, and we're gonna make it as uh, painless as possible to format it and do the other. It's, I think, you know, to me, like when we talk about tech innovations, like making parts of uh, the mundane aspect of teaching more automated so that we can focus on the really technical challenging parts of like improving instruction and the emotional part of engaging with kids. I mean, it's just, you know, that's kind of the strategy that we've taken with
1: with the tools. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've noticed with the teachers that I've talked to who've used Soul, and you've mentioned this too, you don't have to use the app. You can just kind of run a Soul, yep. um, but then you can sort of scale it up, you know, into the tech, because when you do, you're going to get some data um, yeah. to help you know, with your observations and conversations to help prove that the kids were engaged and even link photographs of their collaboration. Um, whatever it is that you've decided to assess for that soul, you can, you can list the learning skills and adjust all of that. That's fantastic, but if that's too complicated and I had a friend staying over at my house the other night and she, um, she had to drive quite a, quite a ways to get to school the next morning. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I don't have a lesson for the morning. <laughs> and she's like, maybe I'll do a soul. And nice. I said, that's right. What let's go on yeah. and let's find a question. So she knew it's like that confidence already that she knew she was going to have a lesson. Um, that is that's that's gold you know, f- for teachers and everything else like you said is kind of tech gravy. Yeah. Like it's it's stuff that's going to assist your practice, but it's not the basis of the practice which is the the teacher and student yeah. relationship. So the question I was just going to ask I, you know very obviously is is getting back to your journey. Mm-hmm. Um you've, you've been very forthcoming about your, your failures as a teacher, but how that has grown you, that growth mindset started to develop. And then you've clearly moved on from there. Did you want to speak a little bit more about your journey?
2: Um, I mean, when you say moved on, uh, what, do you, <laughs> what do you mean moved on? Cause am always like, you're still failing. Yeah. yeah we're always different. like, uh, making mistakes and learning from them. I, I think, you know, there is, I mean, having a growth mindset, I think is you know is is, is the key mm-hmm. to um to, to all of this i mean education is not you're not going to just get it right and it be right and always be right and just like you're not gonna i mean, i was gonna say you're not gonna get it wrong but unfortunately i've seen too many times where like it's very wrong you know and and but uh i think that for me in terms of where i'm going uh i just want to impact education um, i get really inspired when i see kids doing things Um, today earlier i was sitting there and i got a text message from a student from mc squared who graduated years ago who was sending me her announcement that she just is getting her engineering degree from the university you know and i got that text today in the middle of this conference and it's just like yeah i mean that's what this is really all about kids like you know doing things she's not a kid anymore she's Mm -hmm. an adult uh but You know, my journey is always going to be on the path to finding ways to make that possible for more people to put kids in those situations. And um, I don't know what, you know, I don't have a what's next uh, because that's it. And I'm just going to keep, like, uh, learning from what I'm doing and collaborating and providing,
1: you know, as much of an impact as I can. Mm -hmm. So you were the principal at MC Square. I was. And this was a STEM school, but one yes. of one of the first. Like this was eight nine years ago um, in the U.S. And yeah.
2: So um, I was the founding principal of MC Squared in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's actually the ten year anniversary oh. this year. And um, there's there's STEM schools around the country, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know how, you know what number we were. And it's kind of like there's not one like designating body in the U.S. that says you're a STEM school if this. So okay. so uh, to some degree, it's a self designation. In Ohio uh, there was money in the state to develop platform STEM schools and by design the school would be built to be the best example of what STEM education could look like in that particular area and then it would serve as a platform and an incubator to share things out in its region Um, and so when we started you know the mission from the beginning was to, to to create a high school experience where the city of Cleveland was the STEM high school and so mm-hmm. um, the results are a ninth grade inside of a public science museum in a partnership with nasa Glenn research center a 10th grade inside of neila park which is until recently ge's world headquarters for lighting
1: so the school wasn't under one roof no it was were, actually in yeah. pods in these sort yeah of vital community centers. inside of the stem community. inside of
2: that's yeah and see the, that's Amazing. And then it flips inside out in 11th and 12th grade. There's a home base and a in a, a center on Cleveland State University's campus. So there's you know there's a school on the campus, but by design the idea is that kids have these like experiences in ninth and tenth grade more in a collective, that then they can individualize these experiences in 11th and 12th grade and go internship, uh, take an internship at Turner Instruction or intern at Lockheed Martin or and those things become. Wow uh, intentionally part of their educational experience. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what, what a fun opportunity. I mean, if, if you could meet the, the founding group of teachers and just sit with them, I mean, it was just amazing what these people, one, were willing to do that had never been done before. And two, like how passionate they were about every student moving forward, you know, and, um, it's just like, I'm, I'm I'm just so proud of the fact that, um, I was able to work with a group of people like that,
1: mm-hmm. and um, you know the, the, what the students did and well, you are still th- doing are amazing. You clearly had an impact. I mean, to the point where you mentioned that Obama had mentioned your school in a in a State of the Union address. Yeah, we that's, were mentioned. That's huge.
2: <laughs> we were mentioned in a, one of the State of the Union addresses. There was a book written. Uh, we were mentioned in another book. Uh, we're in the Edutopia schools that work. Right. Series. like there's all kinds of like accolades that the, the school got because of what kids and teachers were doing there, you know, and it really kind of like put the magnifying glass on us and made us like this place people wanted to come and visit. And that, that part there, um, really kind of, uh, it was cool. You know, it's great. People want to see what you're doing. And, um, the kids got to really take the lead and show off, uh, their work and their own personal, um, experiences but then it got to the point where uh, there was this point where it started to be a little frustrating because, you know, we, we know we have these autonomies. We know we have a, a different environment. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we were still dealing with a lot of the same challenges people were, mm-hmm. but we had some ability to deal with them differently. Uh, and so then I started to ask the question, like, what's underneath all this amazing work that the kids are doing, and how do we distill this down to something that can go into – a classroom, down any the school, street. yeah, any class anywhere, right. because you where, had
1: you had from what I remember you saying the first laser cutter in um, the in the U.S. or one of the first. Well, it was the
2: first Fab Lab. First it, fab there's lab. a laser cutter in the Fab Lab, but there might have been a, a, a standalone laser cutter in another high school somewhere. Okay. But we had the first Fab Lab in the U.S. in a high school, and it was right in
1: GE. But these are all shiny objects. Yeah, and I think what you're what you're alluding to is this idea that there was something deeper underneath about just getting kids to inquire exactly and just be curious and that's you know in those contexts that obviously you've made through the um, the stem school uh led you to sagata mitra and his thinking around education is this yeah. is this part of the journey of yeah that? am so i getting it
2: right you are uh so uh, the frustration with the shiny stuff was like that's that's an attractive Thing in your school yeah and when people come in uh, a lot of people were attracted to the shiny things in the fab lab and the, and so it became oh we need a fab lab right you know or, oh we need this in our school and the reality is if, if you're using it properly as a tool in the instructional process it's great but if you think you're just gonna put a fab lab in a school and then have a teacher that teach fab lab and it still just becomes another silo in the existing like mm-hmm. siloed structure um, you're wasting your time, you know, and your a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so so um, I started to, like, try to figure out how do we emphasize, you know, the, the, the interaction between the teacher and the students. And, um, you know, I, I have a, you know, I published this triangle, uh, and there are three, three sides of the triangle, obviously. One of them is motivation, mm-hmm. one of them is self-management, and the other one is social connectedness. And basically, like, what I was, like, what I'm uh, learning is, is that when a student has those three things kind of in order, uh, they're able to sustain their um, acad- academic achievement um, better, you know, because they're going to be faced with, like, challenges, right? And in a, an a equilateral triangle is the strongest two-dimensional shape in engineering, and that's what we want. You know, we want kids that can, like, resist, like, changing <laughs> when they're facing with reality, you know? And so that was kind of something that, you know when you look at what's underneath these interactions it's that development of a strong grounded individual that has content skills you know and has process skills and has um a firm understanding of how to utilize these other external resources to um, get to where they're going Mm -hmm. Um, and so um start soul really kind of addresses the notion of you know building up the confidence and connecting with your colleagues in a different way you know and really kind of You know, we use those four C's a lot, communication, collaboration, critical thinking and creativity, you know, and like you can see that in a soul session. Right. You know, you don't need a laser cutter for that.
1: (laughs) Um, No, that's that's not that I'm against laser cutters. Of course, shiny objects do have their place. Right. Um, Yesterday you were helping uh, facilitate a soul session uh, at the school here, and it was fantastic to see you in action and even more fantastic to be able to have Sagata Mitra actually ask a question to my class. Okay. And this very rich c- question is one that he's asking uh, the ambassadors of Start Soul to to get some data around. And the question is very simply, what is the internet? <laughs> and at first you think, that is the easiest question I've ever heard. It's this thing I use every day and it's distracting for students and so on. But I think what he's getting at, and certainly my students were able to get there in a very short amount of time, is this sense that the internet hasn't been discovered yet, even though it's been with us for 20 years or more. We still have no idea how it's really going to impact education. Um, Do you align with his belief on this? Is this something that got you into Seoul as well, this idea that technology can be linked to curiosity?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, if you think about uh, without getting into what the internet is, because I don't know what it is, <laughs> I have a better idea after listening to your students. Yeah. But I think the point of, of this is uh, the internet is ever-evolving, right? And if I'm, I'm going to uh, produce a textbook that tells what something is, it's going to be obsolete the minute I put it out there. Mm-hmm. The internet is is this source of information that, that allows us to... Um, you know, basically look anything up <laughs> uh, and, you know, research anything and come up with some kind of idea of, of, you know, what it is or how it works. It also is a platform for us to share uh, what we're finding. And so, you know, uh, the, the notion of the, the acquisition of knowledge being the outcome of an education is an antiquated notion, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying you don't need some knowledge. But the reality is, and you know, when I was when I shared an office with a GE employee on GE's campus, this was right in my face all the time. They're looking for people who can do those the critical thinking, the collaboration, the communication, right. and use creativity. They're not giving them a times test, or, or you know, I mean, there's an assumption of some baseline of, of knowledge skills. But really, it's about like who can solve these complex problems, and that's you know, that's where um, you know I'm very much aligned with the, the notion that that's where we need to be going um, with what we're what we're both like supporting and measuring now I will say and this is not a disagreement with Sangata or anything mm-hmm. but um, some people think oh well what you're saying is there's no need for a teacher because the kids can just right. just get online and look anything up I actually vehemently believe that teachers are more important today mm-hmm than they were when you could take a textbook out and go to page 35 and get all the information about the Revolutionary War, you know? um, Because now uh, I can go online and basically find whatever I want to be true and someone that agrees with me. And if if you take it to social media, like if I'm on Facebook, I start liking things pretty soon. Everything in my Facebook feed is aligned with those things that I liked. And so, so I think everybody thinks the same way I do. In reality like uh, machine learning is just like feeding me with the things that reinforce my own beliefs so we need teachers and we need people who can model this like critical thinking and how do you like analyze the credibility of this source and what do you think and model like a constructive dialogue you know and so um you know i i think like and you know and and I didn't say it and but I know sometimes people just take that leap. Well, if you're saying kids just need the internet and a question, then they, what do they need me for? They need to learn how to like appropriately uh, collaborate and communicate and, you know, and apply critical thinking skills. They need to be exposed to like um, things that that are good critical thinking skills. So like in, in StartSoul, you know, we have a, a part of our website is a page of resources. Mm-hmm. And I really love it because teachers are adding resources there that they're using to facilitate parts of the process. And then other teachers can go there and download it and modify it and use it however they want, maybe put it back in for other people to see. But a lot of them are, like, graphic organizers to help kids, like, organize their their thinking when they're researching something, you know. And they're, like, little scaffolds that then help uh, the people that are participating learn how to apply these, like, skills when they're, um, you know, the next time they do.
1: This soul community, which you can you can I'll be fair to say is, is growing and there's international souls in different yeah. countries. And it's kind of self-organized. Sure. It's sort of, uh, you know, ringing true to its, uh, to yeah. its acronym. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Um, I, I just want to say, you know, we met on the internet, obviously. So I think Sagata is right in that sense. Um, we've networked uh, your way all the way up to Canada. Yeah. And I, I can't thank you enough for Visiting and and bringing this incredible, um, just incredibly unique app to, you know, to to hopefully allow teachers in Canada to to take a step back and to realize that they're still teachers, and that you get to watch the students in action, um, and that you're not going to get it right, right, first time off. And we're there to help. You know, so so thank you so much, Jeff, for uh, for your time, and uh, let's see. If this relationship evolves, we'll see any emergence, and and I'm sure it will. All right, thanks. Thanks.
0: I, for one, am all for resources that make the lives of teachers easier and the learning of our students more dynamic and powerful. A big thank you today to Eric Daigle, Jeff McClellan, the Hillfield Strath-Allen School, and the entire Cohort 21 community for making this show today possible. Keep building your network, and remember... So there's a pause so we have to nail the pause uh-huh. and I can mix the music on top of it mm-hmm. okay so we may have to do several takes ready we, we are no it's oh we are teaching tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> the pause goes after the we. The it's pause like, is the inflection okay. it's like the CBC <clears throat> thing where they're like this we is CBC like we're teaching do, tomorrow yeah just like that okay.